You are listening to the Guru's Book Club and Self-Improvement Podcast, hosted by Andy and Brian. Quote of the day is, it is not virtuous to be victimized by a bully, even if that bully is oneself. Jordan B. Peterson, 12 Rules for Life. Holy moly. There's a lot to lot to go on that one. A lot to unpack. That is, yes. that is heavy hitting. And I'm telling you, there were so many quotes to pick from for today's podcast. Uh, and this one does seem at least at least uh, you know after discussing it with you previously to this recording, this one does seem to be the most pertinent. I think at this time where we talk about bullies quite a bit in, you know, in the media, in our own personal lives experience, um, I think that we have a lot of knowledge of bullies. And since it's so mainstream to talk about it and not be in that place where, yeah, we're actually talking about the fact that bullies exist. So we live in a time where we're like, no, bullies are not. We used to, I remember growing up and it was just uh stay away from that guy he's a bully um if you got bullied you just you know either fought him or you walked away and just realized that those people existed and nobody really talked about it i now think that we're much more as a culture able to talk about it talk about the trauma from it and in this case, so just unpacking just that piece, we realize that bullies are not acceptable. And then the fact that he brings in and not yourself to be victimized by your – that's what we do. We, we are our own bully many times. We are times. our own worst enemy, right, as the right. saying goes. I mean – the way he said it here, I think, is definitely more impactful than that. Right. You know, this self-sacrificing, self-inflicting harm. And, and you know, prior to that, he, he's talking about, um, you know, only us, only humankind will inflict suffering for the sake of suffering on others and on ourselves that's a crazy thing if you think about it that that's that is so amazingly insightful and powerful i i get so much out of those quotes because those are things that i think we live with all of our lives and don't have words to explain them and have just put up with it and I think that this helps really bring it to the forefront about how evil we can be to each other 
but also to ourselves. I think that I remember my mom always says I'm my, you know, I'm my own worst critic. And I remember thinking how true that is that we beat ourselves up much more than anybody else could. And that's exactly what he's talking about here. Yeah. So, um, he does a really good job at kind of pointing out the, the irony or the, you know, the, the two extremes. He points out, you know, you've got people that are very arrogant, um, narcissistic, if you will. That's, that's the buzzword these days. Everyone is a narcissist. That's not true. Not everyone is a narcissist. <laughs> Anyways, that's besides the point. Um, you know, people are, are, <sighs> Man, they're they're very egotistical. And then on the flip side, people uh, have self-disgust. They have shame about their self and self-contempt. You know, we read in the last book, Burnout, you know, about, about uh, women especially, you know, have this, this very negative view of... of of uh, themselves kind of built in because of society's views and then what they've they've taught about what is and isn't beauty you know and he and he goes into that a little bit more you know um my goodness so society will be mean so then we internalize it and then we're mean to ourselves just think about that you know i i really think that the antidote to that really is present awareness i believe you're right and that's where the mindfulness practice has changed a lot of people's lives i think the the self-awareness piece of mindfulness where you're really evaluating your mind in ways to where you're thinking about these things in a not just a philosophical but you see it as an emotional and logical connection i think so many times we are we can have a tendency to just rush through life and not think things through not be mindful of the present moment like what you're talking about and not seeing how we interact with others as well as ourselves but from a place of no filter, no judgment, being seeing it as it is. And that's the one thing that I see most of us doing is that we put this filter in place so that we're not adequately seeing these things. We just see them through a filter that we're creating to try to make our lives a little bit happier. But when you take the filter off, you see, you have more self-awareness, which is why meditation, the mindfulness practices are out there is to make sense and to be able to bring yourself to center to be able to see it clearly. And I think that's when you see, no, I'm not being very nice to myself. Yeah. And it, you can just do it without judgment, without, oh, that's such a horrible thing. You can just say, that is what I do. And with no judgment means, okay, I understand 
maybe where these things are coming from. You can evaluate that, but with no judgment means that you don't have to say, well, that's a horrible thing. I can't believe I do that to myself. Then you beat yourself up even worse over the fact that you're beating yourself up. So then what my suggestion is, and I think that this is where a therapist can help you, is by being able to change the habit of mind when you see this. Like I, I, I see that I do this, but a therapist many times can help you in neutrality, see it more clearly and come up with, and this is the big one, come up with the game plan to change it. Uh, you know, um, that ties in the next chapter too, and the, and, and the next rule, you know, so we're kind of going to jump around between the, the two here. Um, so listeners, apologize beforehand if you're like, wait, what, where, where are they going? What's, what's happening? What chapter are they talking about? Um, truthfully, uh, after reading it, there's going to be parts in it that I'm not sure which chapter it's in. <laughs> but it'll 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 all blend together because these rules um, impact each other. So that that third rule, um, you know, it's, it's talking about who you surround yourself with and the type of people. And it kind of got into uh, that whole learned helplessness. Um, it was kind of discussed, I think, in rule one. Um, you know, with you know talking about the crabs and and everything and. Um, I think uh, when we're talking about conscious awareness and mindfulness, being non-judgmental, um, we have to be really conscious and aware of the people that we're around, because that is extremely impactful um, to ourselves. Uh, and a lot of the times, we surround ourselves with people who we think we deserve. And then that's where it ties in to, you know, beating ourselves up. You know, we, we, we don't think we deserve good things. So then we put ourselves sometimes unconsciously, sometimes consciously into a group of friends or, you know, acquaintances, people that don't build others up and so certainly they won't build you up and so you're not going to change your narrative about yourself if anything you're going to solidify it or 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 to see see i'm right i'm good for nothing simply because the people around you feel that way about themselves and feel the need to point it out about others that's an attempt to put themselves above right? they don't want you to be good because then that speaks to them being not good so like is it cyclical here so how do you treat yourself right how do you administer your medication to yourself right and i bring that up because of the metaphor with the dog that people are more likely to administer medication to their animal and treat their animal better get their animal's needs met before they get their own needs met before they feel their own medication. So listeners, take a moment, think, how can you 
change that? How can you go from being self-conscious to being more conscious about yourself? I think that's so important to think about right there, right? It's extremely important to consider this, what you're talking about, especially when you're talking from the point of view of how you treat yourself and we usually are talking about poorly because most of the time we're not treating ourselves like our own best friend. We don't have the love for ourselves. And then we wonder why we can't get it in our lives. If you don't love yourself first, how can you give to others and how can you expect it to come back. Those are things to be considered here is that it took me a long time to understand this revelation of true love. You have to have your cup of love before you full from yourself, before <laughs> you can make happy relationships, before you can make great relationships. You have to have a great relationship with yourself because there's no way that somebody else is going to give it to you. They can append, they can go along the journey with you in happiness and joy. And you can have a partner who's going to maybe enjoy the same things you do but they're not going to make you or complete you. And that's where sometimes we're wrong in the way that we look at the love that we, the romantic love that Disney slash fairy tales try to sell don't, us. Don't, uh, don't diss Disney. Right. <laughs> I love Disney. I love Disney. Don't get me wrong. My daughter works for Disney, but you know what I'm saying there is that we have this facade that this happily ever after happens. If we just meet the right person, if we put on the right shoes, then things will happen. And, you know, it really is the wizard of Oz where everything that you had was already there. That's what Dorothy finds at the end of the yellow brick road is that Oz was actually a facade and it was always her that was making the entire thing the way that it was. And she had the power and the courage and she just had to find it for herself. And those are the things that we need to concentrate on more that instead of looking outside of ourselves, look inside yourself to find the friendship, the love, the relationship that you really need, because that's where it really is. Then the relationships around you will just be a wonderful experience with somebody, a journey with somebody else. But you already have what you need inside, so you don't have to worry about finding it somewhere else. If I could only find what I was looking for. Well, if you find it in yourself, you've already found it. You don't need to look outside. And there's a lot of quotes that go along with that. I love that. Well, you know, the know thyself. Uh, 
people are like, oh, that's so intriguing. That's so deep. Uh, I don't know. It can be. Um, you can complicate it, but like know thyself what's important to you. If you had to choose between two important things for you, which would win out? And in what scenario? What is your why? Find out your why. And that's the interesting thing here. What is your why? Why is it that you do the things you do? What makes you happy? You know, the all of those questions you can ask for your, and, and they're simple questions. And you're not always, sometimes it does take some deep reflection. Mm -hmm. I like the thing that meditation helped me with is it helped me kind of center myself so I could see it more clearly without the filter that I was built, that I had built over a lifetime and the filters that you build from the culture and the people around you, which goes into step number three, which is surrounding yourself, what you surround yourself, you are many times. Yeah. Make, make friends with people who want the best for you. And that includes yourself. Yeah. And these two rules are so closely tied to each other. It's incredible. You know, I don't think he he did that uh, on accident. You know, he seems to be very uh, thoughtful and um, pensive in his approach. Um, a little bit long-winded, <laughs> right? Some of some of these. Uh, oh man, he he went on and on at the beginning of, of chapter two. I felt. Um, you know, kind of setting the stage, sure, but could have could have shortened it. Anyways, uh, that's if that's my only complaint. Then you know, kudos to him. Uh, right. <laughs> I, I think he takes the philosophical Socratic method of being able to defend his position fully, so that nobody's left with not understanding what he's saying and why he's saying it. Yeah. And that's that's very valid and he he does a good job with that you know uh so you know this rule number three being friends with people who want the best of you i am i appreciate that he went into his childhood and his friends and the interactions with them uh one story in particular which is phenomenal um, which again coincides with rule number two. Uh, you know, he talks about how they lived like 800 miles away from the big city. And so his, uh, um, his trip, his next trip that he was, he was going to go, he decided to invite his friends along and his friends wanted to buy pot. And so they bought pot and they spent their time getting high or drinking in a hotel and uh he says this is this is one of the quotes that was um something we considered for you listeners today he says although we had traveled a long distance we had gone nowhere at all and they were doing the exact same thing in this hotel room 800 miles away that they could have done at home that is an interesting point of view, and I really, really like it for many factors. Um, it, traveling 
doesn't necessarily a lot of times that's exactly what we do we try to feel comfortable so we go places to just do the same things because we're comfortable at it where traveling incurs an experience having a different experience wherever you're at and so many times we don't do that we go somewhere and we do oh <laughs> my favorite thing is to go to somewhere like california which is not very far away from arizona and then eat mcdonald's <laughs> i i think that so many of it because it's comfortable we know it that's why that is why the chilies and the mcdonald's and the burger kings exist because you know that when you go there you're going to have the same experience and people love to feel comfortable about what they're doing in a new place. Yeah. Oh, and that reminds me. That reminds me. So um, my wife and I were wanting to go on a trip to San Francisco, right? Um, that trip got canceled uh, because of COVID. But um, I remember doing some research about this trip and where to eat. And lo and behold, in downtown San Francisco on the pier, you have an In-N-Out burger. <laughs> now, this is ranked as one of the best places to eat in San Francisco for a quick bite. Um, probably because of the price. They, they, they talk about the price being the best anywhere. But it's like what you were just saying, McDonald's um, kind of thing. I mean, In-N-Out is better than McDonald's, in my opinion. Um and yet it's still like nothing unique. I don't even think it's the first in and out. Like if it was like the first in and out, you know, and it's the original in San Francisco, that's cool. I don't even think it's that. It's just an in and out burger. You it's, go all the way to San Francisco to eat a burger at in and out Come on. So this is my very interesting. I lived in England for a very long time. And what my first experience there was like uh, when I was a, I was like seven to 10. Um, we couldn't wait to eat at McDonald's and then compare it to the McDonald's we've had in other places. And at the time, the McDonald's shakes in the McDonald's in England had a weird taste because it was like, I think it was real chocolate or something. <laughs> to, but to us, it wasn't, it didn't taste like the McDonald's back home or the fries taste fishy. It was interesting that we just went there just to be feeling American so that we could feel comfortable. But I lived in a country where you should be experiencing different things we live there for those reasons the things that i appreciate most about england are not the americanized stuff that i went to go and visit i enjoyed the castles the manor houses the pieces of history that i got to learn about the english culture and society and loved it absolutely loved it but those are the things that I bring back with me and say, that's what I enjoy the most. And it, but when we were there, we, the first tour, we tried to find what was the most American thing that we could do. 
when we went there. Now we did a second tour and that was a very different experience. I, I think, I think I was older and I was closer to, I was 18 and yeah. that experience was about learning to be part of a different culture and I could experience it because I was older. I didn't want to your have, goal, I wanted to have a British experience. Right. Your goal had shifted, right? Before your goal was to feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, feel like you were back in the States. That was the goal to get a sense of home. And the second time around, it was to grow, to expand. It was interesting because there were kids at an, at the school I went to that this was their first overseas tour. And so they just hated it. They did what they just wanted to be home, back home with their friends and family. And I, because this was my second tour, I really just enjoyed it. And, and I think that we enjoyed it much more the second time because we realized how quickly it fades and how fast the experience is over. And for, we were there four years and four years flies. It really does fly. Um, and I think that that's the same thing we could take about our friends and our family and especially raising children. I mean, I have older children. Most of my kids are older now um, in their 20s. And I can't believe that the time has flown like this. And I know that you have just the, the, the newbie, you know, the yeah. newborn. Not even. And two. yeah. And even you think about it, even within the last two years, you know, your life is dramatically different, but it is flash by. It just goes by so fast and you don't have, it's just being able to be more present with the things because you could go on autopilot and it's over. It's like that movie with the remote TV and Adam Sandler. I, I think it was called, I can't remember the name what? of it. I think it was that the name of Yeah. Where he, I think it was. And he just flips through his life really quickly only to try to get to the best parts and then realizes that he missed it all. Yeah. And I think that for the listeners, diving into yourself making friends with yourself and then additionally the second rule in this the third rule of the book is surrounding yourself with people that genuinely improve your life genuinely improve your life that doesn't mean people that put up with you that means people that see your value that see the bit of gold that you are. And if they don't see that, and they're not proving that they see that, and people will show you who they are, well, then you need to move you you... To, to get outside your comfort zone. They'll inspire you and motivate you to be a better version of yourself. And they don't even have to tell you to do that. They don't have to get on your on on your case about you know not meeting your potential you'll just be around and be like oh, wow i just this person's awesome and they are great to me and kind and i want to be like that and the other thing is is because of rule this this the second rule which is being your friend to yourself 
you will be that to someone else. And that's the reciprocation that happens there. That's why you meet these wonderful people because you're wonderful to yourself. You'll be wonderful to them and they're wonderful to themselves. So they'll be wonderful to you. They'll, you guys will lift yourselves up because your goal and you'll see that the goals change of your life by doing this. Because when you're trying to reach up and you're with somebody who's reaching up with you, it's much easier to climb. When somebody explained this to me as a ladder, when you are on the second or third rung of a ladder and trying to go up a ladder, it is much easier to have somebody else who's on the journey on the ladder with you going up the same ladders at the same time than it is to pull somebody up. And that's the reason why sometimes we get bogged down is because we think that somebody else, and this is where he's pointing to, is that somebody else on another rung will not allow us. And sometimes it is more impossible to pull them up to your level. And well, we spend and we spend a lot of time trying to, to trying to change people to become that level, and well, they don't done, do it. They've done the research, you know, and, and he points this out. Mind you, uh, can't lead a horse to well, you can lead a horse to water, but can't make it drink, right? And that's that's kind of the idea here. But you've brought the horse to the water with a bunch of other horses, and now none of the horses want to drink. <laughs> That's what he's getting at. Like right. people that are negative, people that are not inspired. <laughs> um, he puts it so great. People that are have a motivated refusal, motivated refusal to learn. Right? These, these are people that don't want to get better. Maybe unconsciously. All the time, consciously making decisions that in the moment they know, and yet they still make the decision to go forward with that poor decision. Right? So they are motivated to refuse to learn. And, and the science is showing, and then the social research is showing that these people. If you put them in a group of people that are doing well, the first inclination is for those others to fall, to kind of go down to that level. It's toxic, you know, um, and so it's the law of proximity. You know, you are you are the sum of the five of the closest five people to you. Look around at your acquaintances and your friends, the people you spend the most time with. What are they doing with their lives? Which direction are they going? Are they going a direction you want? If not, what are you going to do about it? Um, you know, he, he, man, I mean, so many quotes. Down is a lot easier than up. Um, you know, deciding to sacrifice the future to the present. I, I mean, and we do that. A lot of the time, though, it's unconscious. We're not actively choosing to, to throw away our futures or, you know, not be our best selves. And I think everyone talks about wanting to be the best selves. You know, they, they talk about being the best version. 
Um, but then they sacrifice that for pleasure in the now. What's easiest right now? And they put it off. We procrastinate. Well, I'll do those good things for me tomorrow. You know, we're just building bad habits that way. And I'm victim of this too. I don't have great habits as far as like, uh, you know, my eating. I could eat a lot healthier. A while back, you and I, Andy, had some goals that we were talking about on the podcast, um, you know, about eating healthier. And I was doing okay while we were talking about it, while I was consciously aware of it. As soon as I stopped paying attention to it, I went back to old habits. You know, so this is stuff, this is stuff that uh, you just have to be really aware of. And you have to put a conscious effort into it. And I think that's the biggest point here is because we could all say, hey, well, I'm surrounding myself with poor people. I'm a bad person. I do these things wrong. However, however, the piece that I'm going to say is all we're doing with these books is bringing awareness awareness that there are things that you can do first it's to be aware that these are the things around you these are maybe choices that we're making that have kept us down and are not serving us but then the second thing is is coming up with a game plan to be able to change it and those are the two things that i constantly go is being aware and then coming up with a game plan to change it. And then the third thing would be actually following it. So, and sometimes that comes with talking to a therapist, having a friend to help be accountable, having like a, like we we're just talking about a diet buddy. Um, things that will keep us accountable. But if you are your own best friend, you will keep yourself accountable in a positive way. Because you'll realize that as your best friend, they want the best for you. And additionally, they're going to help inspire you by doing things that are positive. And that means if your best friend's doing that, which is you, then you're going to be inspired quite a bit, which is very insightful. So you're going to read these books that help bring more awareness to you. We've, we've read some brilliant books this last year. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why we do it is because they inspire us just as much as they inspire you. But we've also been learning just as much. And we even took a bit of a break to be able to come back to a more positive thing so that this yeah. is successful. And sometimes it's evaluating what was working, what wasn't, and what was the what was the goal? And then additionally, what was our priorities? And then, you know, we, we had to make some trade-offs. And so that, that would be for, for um, you know, Annie and I, as well as you listeners, what are the trade-offs? What are you sacrificing in the future for your pleasure now? You know, that's not always bad. Look, um, life is, is not meant to always be uh, a drudgery of work and constant self-improvement. You know, there, there's got to be a good balance there of, of uh, self-care, not in the form 
of work, okay? Pleasure is necessary. It's not a bad thing. In excess, it is, right? That's the saying. Too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Or one of my favorite songs by Sigur Survive, the only difference between uh, medicine and poison is the dose. <laughs> you know? that's It's the same concept here. So take the good and get it balanced. I think it's awareness of what your choices and consequences are. So it's like you can live in the now and do things for the moment and then make a trade-off and say, you know what? I want to eat this thing that's going to make me happy right now. But being aware that, you know, there's going to be something, a consequence for it. Maybe I have to do an extra workout this week. But it's about the awareness that it brings, that you bring to it that says, okay, I'm willing to make that sacrifice for this so that I can be happy in the moment. You know, we all have those things. And, and you know, my dad said this once that nobody that gives themselves fun money will stick to a budget. Nobody will ever do that because you will not be able to have fun, which is the point of life. You have to have that need met of having fun. You have to have that need met. And so that means just being aware, being aware that that is what you're doing. I'm going to do it now. And I'm not going to be upset by it. But I do know that there's, you know, that there's awareness around it. I, I, I think so. And I think that knowing that I'm going to eat badly at one point, I'm, well, I'm on vacation. Well, when I get home, I'm going to eat like this when I get home to make up the difference, just being aware of it or just being aware that you're being conscious that, yeah, that's right. This is bad for me. This is simple as that. This isn't good for my, but it tastes so good. You know, donuts. Oh. Uh, donuts. We found this place the other week. I know. Oh. I know. We went to, we found this place in Phoenix called Bosa Donuts and they make a old fashioned, which is kind of a cake kind of donut. Mm -hmm. Um, and they cover it in like a caramel, a caramel coating. It's so good. It is so good. And you're just like, and I, you know, for me, what I've had to realize is that sometimes the experience about eating a dessert or something is just about the initial taste and not eating the whole thing. So I could split it and go, you know, I'm just as satisfied with eating half of it because I enjoy the taste. And as a foodie, that's more of what I'm after, which is why if you go to one of those posh upscale places, they give you small portions because it's about the experience and the taste. It's not about filling yourself up on the food that you're eating. It's about the culinary art that goes into it. Right. So if you're going to San Francisco, don't go to In-N-Out. Unless you like really like In-N-Out and just know that that's your awareness, right? Hey, I went no. to I went to no, San Francisco. <laughs> just chilling. I, I agree with you though, but there is but bringing the awareness, like, hey, I went to I went to San Francisco, and I know why. I just wanted to eat something quick that uh, because we were running out of time, yeah. or you know, it was, or you've never had it and out. I mean, maybe somebody hasn't had it and out. That's kind of a California thing. I mean, it's a little bit more widespread in the West Coast now, but 
back in the day, in and out was like something you did in California. Like if you went to California, you went to Del Taco and you went to in and out. Those are the two restaurants that I remember when I was in college that you've never been to an in and out. Well, we got to go get, I remember a four by four. <laughs> right when i when i was much when i was much thinner and much more <laughs> i didn't have to worry about something like and i could eat something like that to, now, to I, be fair they they we need to get paid by these people you know we're we're like throwing out free advertisements in and out does have some really big hamburgers for really cheap they do, and I love their hidden menu. So if if you are to come and enjoy in and out if you are somewhere else that's never had one, there is a secret menu that you need to go Google. And so I get my double-double animal style, which is kind of like with Thousand Island, and it has like um, fried-up onions in it. So it's just absolutely awesome. And so you can get those on your fries and then you can get, um, I mean, you can get chili. I mean, there's this huge hidden menu that's behind in and out off of the main menu. So definitely go check that out. <laughs> yeah. And in and out people, representatives, if you listen to this, throw some money for advertising for you. That's right. We love in and out. <laughs> I have one down um, the street. This is my favorite fast food other than Whataburger. Pretty good too. Right. All right. So other than, in and out and needing to go there and, and try out a burger, except for when you're in San Francisco, don't eat, <laughs> get some other culinary experiences. Uh, other than that, you know, the, the message for today's podcast, I think is very, very clear. I mean, um, treat yourself right and be around others who treat you right. Uh, there you, you go. You deserve it. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you know, you have to be consciously aware. You have to be very deliberate in your approach with life to make those things happen. It's not gonna. It's not going to just do its own. Do it on its own, right? Because uh, we are most likely going the easy route, and the easy route is not going to bring you to your best self. And the way to avoid it is by awareness. Yeah. Just, you know, do the awareness. Uh, I, again, am always pushing the meditation. That is, as a person that got, has received much value from it over the years, in a way of being able to center yourself. And it doesn't have to be a huge formal thing, but, and there's lots of books on meditation and how to do it correctly and it isn't about falling asleep and just you know dropping out there is some points to it um definitely um being able to center yourself and take the filter off with no judgment is so important when you're evaluating this stuff to be able to see where you're really at you know really? and why and why and the, once you figure out the whys these things have happened to you then you can go about really putting some action into changing and definitely, again, therapy is something that everybody can need every once in a while. I'm not saying that you have to have a lifelong relationship with your therapist, but definitely what you need. Therapists want what's best for you. Yes. That's what I'm saying. They want, they want to help you, and they also are very neutral 
position with a lot of facts and science and and medical ways of being able to deal with your mind mm -hmm. and philosophy. I mean, it's like psychology. I can't tell you how much I have gotten out of therapeutic methods, being able to deal with your life. And, you know, if you can, you know, if we go to a, uh, I always say this, if, if we can go to, if we had go fall down and we lose, you know, we hurt ourselves, break a leg, usually you have to go to a physical therapist afterwards, or we tear a muscle. You have to go do some therapy on it. Well, in this case, you know, some things have happened, maybe some trauma, uh, go get to, go get some mental therapy, you know, instead of some physical therapy, get some mental therapy and it's the same thing. So yeah, really very is. positive. Yep. Very yeah. positive stuff. Okay. Hey, well, well, Brian, I think we are done with, we've, chatted quite a bit about this are really two good chapters how Excellent are you chapters i think so um, you know um our next podcast will uh we'll dive into the next few chapters again this is uh um the 12 rules for life by jordan b peterson that's the book that we are are studying for uh the book club and and uh we've been going through it um for part of September. We're about to be going into October. We're going to be reading it all through October. Um, so if you don't have the book, there's plenty of time to go get it and, and uh, start reading it and then finish up the book with us by the end of October. Um, reach out to us. Uh, we got our, our podcast email at goosepodcast1 at gmail.com. Uh, please send us your, your thoughts or ideas comments you can follow us on instagram gurus podcast um i'm probably gonna be starting a facebook page i keep putting that one off but i'm it's it's on my mind and uh i want to make that happen so be on the lookout for that maybe we'll get on twitter or some other of these more modern social media things if, uh, we are on Twitter, actually. We are? We just don't post anything. No, I'm embarrassed. I'm like <laughs> co-hosting this with you for how long? I don't even know we have Twitter. Yeah, I wow. try to be on all social media. <laughs> we are, not. We are, however, not on TikTok yet, but we will be sometime. We will just take snippets and be able to do something with it. It's pretty cool. Okay, that sounds good to me. Um, hmm. You guys take care. Take this seriously. You know, these are really good rules to live by and to, and to uh, study. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, have a good one. I, I really have loved being able to talk about this. So we'll talk to you guys later.